Hello, this is Ben Eshmade and welcome to this King's Place podcast. As part of the EFG London Jazz Festival 2016, the celebrated European trio Le Diabolique gives a concert on the 19th of November, which blurs the lines between free improvisation and cabaret with a wicked satirical edge. The trio is made up of British vocalist Maggie Nichols, French bassist Joelle Leandre and Swiss pianist Irina Schweitzer. I met up with Maggie to find out more about the history and dynamic of this all-female jazz trio. I started by asking the origins of the band's name. Well, it's very interesting because I was working with another trio of women, um, a French guitarist, Béa Sauvage, a wonderful guitarist, a French woman, Sylvain, Sylvain Candy, a flute player in Paris, and uh, somebody from an anarchist radio was, came up and said, oh, what are you doing next? I said, oh, coming back with the Swiss Cultural Institute to Paris with Irena Schweitzer and Joelle Leandre. And he went, ah, les diaboliques. <laughs> and I thought, wow, what a fantastic name. So it was, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but he was from an anarchist radio show and he named us and we've claimed it. There's never a sense that we have to sort of compromise, really. We're very autonomous, and yet at the same time there's a tremendous rapport and sensitivity. So that, that wonderful thing of being completely autonomous and yet connected. Irena and I both um, were in feminist improvising group FIG, and then I saw Joelle play with Anique Nozati, a French singer, and I just thought, who, who is this woman, this bass player? She was, I just went, Wow. And I don't even remember how it became a trio. I think it just happened to be maybe one of the combinations mm. in one of the larger ensembles. You know, when you take, you choose combinations or you take names out of a hat. And I think it went so well, we became by default a trio. And then, of course, it just got deeper and deeper and became quite clear that there was a chemistry between us that was very special. At the time, or maybe as it developed, did you ever discuss between the three of you any sort of rules or agenda of any kind? I think Joelle, out of, all, out of the three of us, is the one that likes to structure it sometimes and say, oh, let's do a solo, you know, Irene, you do a solo, maybe Maggie and me will do a duo or things like that. I tend to, and Irene, I think, tends to just like to go let spontaneous solos and duos come out of it. But I don't mind either way. You know, I'm quite happy to do that as well. And uh, from what I've seen and listened to, you will vocalise or kind of phase into an instrument and others will start singing. That's absolutely right. I think, too, you know, theatre emerges as well. There's a lot of humour. It's not that we set out, we don't think, all right, now we're going to be funny. You know, we, we just, we channel the music and the music sort of often leads to to sort of satire or comedy. And Irena, if you think of the three of us, Irena is the perfect foil. She's just this brilliant straight woman, you know. <laughs> she just has this deadpan face. Joelle and I will clown and we'll do these dramatic scenarios that emerge, I mean, completely wild. And Irena will just play it. She'll just play something really witty. Is listening one of the most important skills? I think it is. It's, it's even beyond listening with the ears. It's listening with your whole being. It's listening energetically, which means that somebody 
could be deaf and still be listening. So I don't always mm. think of it as a mechanistic thing of having ears. And I think it's just being totally present and in the moment. It's quite interesting as well when, when out of the performances, something will creep, which from your, your experiences, you know, mm. literally maybe a melody or a tune. Mm. Oh, absolutely. So we might be imp- improvising freely. And then Irena's always played with a lot of exiled South African musicians. She might go into a township or we might go into blues or a tango. Um, Joelle might play something very classical or, or op- and start singing opera. You know, so we've got that at our fingertips. I might do a bit of tap because I was, a, you know, I'm a dancer. So I will use my body. I will use movement and dance. And then sometimes it'll be intensely musical, you know, just quite abstract and just free. So, yeah, no, I don't think we're frightened of shape-shifting through these different areas and I love that and of course I grew up singing standards you know that's what I did I sang jazz and and standards for years and years so I love songs but yes but every every gig is completely different still playing lots of other different settings and ensembles so how do they affect this particular trio do they have any effect do you think oh yes i think everything everything i do has an effect and the same with lady abolica's effect on the other things because i do everything from you know free improvisation with different people and each each group brings something different out we've touched on some before but i can't resist asking you um, to maybe pick a few moments in your career that have had an impact well, of course, the very the, the the biggie, the biggie, was singing with John Stevens and Trevor Watts, and the first time I did John's sustained piece, in which John played on the gong, Trevor played a note, and the brief was that whatever note you picked, you stayed with that note. I sang a note, and John had said it doesn't matter if your voice wobbles, wavers, or croaks, and I was so scared it my voice certainly did. I was like, ah. but the sheer repetition mm. of singing one note with my breath, and the next thing I knew, I was improvising. I'd never improvised in my life. I mean, apart from over chord sequences, you know, I'd sung mm. bebop and standards and stuff like that, and with a great bebop piano player, Dennis Rose, which was also a very important so that was a very strong thing and then coming across you know singing with Julie the first time I sang with Julie in, in Keith's Centipede which was a fantastic orchestra but sitting in the dressing room and we'd both worked with John so doing a, one of John's pieces and going wow we've got something here me and Julie and then I think the first time I the FIG, Feminist Simplifying Group, because it was like all my intimate musical experiences had been with men, very valuable, beautiful ones. Mm. But the first time I realised that there were women who played instruments, not just other singers, was huge because I hadn't understood that, Mm. you know, especially before the feminism, I really thought men were more were sort of biologically sort of destined to play instruments and women to sing I mean that is how ignorant I was about these things because I had no I hadn't got a classical background so you know obviously if you're classically trained you, you see women playing violins or whatever I didn't touch you at the beginning because I don't think it's a defining part but as we've talked about feminism I mean three female voices any different to three male voices in, in music for this group yes yes it is different and which does not negate anything I do with men because I have really beautiful, deep relationships. However, there is, there is something... Yeah, I do feel comfortable. I feel very safe with women. I just feel very safe. Which doesn't mean that they haven't had arguments or they haven't been... Because it's like everything. There's, within identity is difference. Mm. So within women's shared experience, there's also differences in class and race. And, but I was thinking before we started this, I was thinking that now I feel the different groups 
I work with, you know, being with women is a, just a beautiful difference rather than an imperative. Whereas for me, to me, if I hadn't worked with women, I don't think I'd have got the self-esteem, the self-respect and the confidence that I have in my abilities. We've talked about how you've changed, but how have your audiences changed? Ooh, I think it, the kind of times we're living in, I think... There is a hunger for something different. I think there's a a lot of openness to more experimentation, more autonomy, because it is a a music of freedom, and I think that there is a hunger for that. Thanks to Maggie for joining me and for giving us this really fascinating glimpse into her career and passion for music. Led Diabolique perform in Hall 2 on Saturday the 19th of November as part of this year's EFG London Jazz Festival. And this performance is part of a wider tour supported by Arts Council England and Pro Helvetia. I'm Ben Eshmead and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. For more details about this event and others in the EFG London Jazz Festival, please visit kingsplace.co.uk forward slash ljf you can also find and follow us on twitter at king's place and facebook forward slash king's place thanks for listening